live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. It was August 24th, 2012. I had driven around the block a couple times when I finally just gave in and absolutely reluctantly, I grabbed the parking ticket and drove into the parking garage of the Westin Hotel in downtown Seattle. And immediately as I drove in, what I call my negative Nancy budget obsessed chatterbox instantly started going on. And as I drove up the levels of the parking space, um, that was battled with my other chatterbox, which is that self-caring, compassionate therapist side. And as I made my way to the parking spot, this banter of, gosh, how much money are you going to spend today? You have this fancy hotel, you rented a car, and now there's parking. <laughs> Along with that caring, like, come on, Stephanie, you've kind of been through a lot of stuff lately. Relax. You deserve this. It's fine. Everything you do today, you should take care of yourself. And I had this banter back and forth. And as I parked and took out my rolling luggage and my bag, you know, I had to stop myself. I saw the doorway to the hotel, and I saw the doorway to the hotel, but I had to remind myself, you know, over the last three months, I had flown in from a contract in Japan I had made an appointment with my primary care physician for the very next day. I went in and the doctor, you know, entered and I just like, I think I have breast cancer. It's in my left breast. I can't explain it. It's not a tumor. It's this naggy, painful feeling. Um, I've had lots of signs and, you know, I have a contract in another six weeks, so we got to make a plan. If this is cancer, let's take care of it. I really appreciated that at age 37, she took me seriously and she ordered an urgent mammogram. And so there I was two days later. And I did my mammogram and the radiologist came in and said, Miss Brown, grabbed my hand, Stephanie, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have breast cancer. And I thought, I know, what's the plan? <laughs> and of course that appointment led to many more appointments. 3D mammograms, needle core biopsies, wire biopsies, more radiologists. There's uh, surgeon appointments, plastic surgeon appointments. After all of these things, they all assured me, Stephanie, you're fine. We've caught it early. You have a really small tumor in your right breast. And I thought, that's different. And unlike many of my survivor sisters who have no say in their treatment, I had lots of options. So after considering everything the doctor said, um, given my family history and everything else, I decided that I didn't want radiation at 37 and I definitely didn't want to take hormone stopping pills for five to 10 years if I didn't have to. So I chose a bilateral mastectomy and barring any complications, eight to 10 weeks back to work. So there I was standing in the parking garage. It had been three months. I was diagnosed, I was treated, and nine and a half weeks before, I had had a bilateral mastectomy. 
And, you know, I told myself, Stephanie, chill out. Like, you won, you're back to work on time, you had your bilateral, and they found cancer in both breasts. Like, you were right. So I told myself, shut the hell up, it's $25 for the parking, just go inside. <laughs> so I grabbed my bags and I slowly walked in and you enter on the second floor and I can see the elevator, you know, down on the first floor right in front of me and I see the check-in desk to the left and these beautiful chandeliers and these great plants. And as I stood onto the escalator, I was thinking, it's a pretty nice hotel. And I got to feel that moment like winning, you know, for all of three to five seconds before I felt this little tug on my skirt. And honestly, I didn't think that much about it because I didn't really wear skirts that often. And I had made life super easy for myself. I had cut my hair really short. I bought all these clothes that could easily be pulled on and off. And so I didn't think much about it until I looked down and my skirt was kind of stuck in the moving stair. And I thought, oh shit. <laughs> and as my skirt slowly started coming down, I thought, this has gotta be a joke. And I looked behind me, nobody. I, no one seemed to be paying attention, so I thought, oh God, okay. And as my skirt continued to go down, I had this moment of terror, and then I was like, oh, no, it's fine. You have full bikini cut, super cute, blue and white striped underwear, you're fine. Like, don't panic, it's fine. But as my skirt continued to go down, and I'm battling it, and it gets, you know, below my rear. I have this moment, and I didn't have it, my whole cancer journey. And I thought to myself, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I had this rage like I had never felt. And I got to feel it for about three to five seconds because my skirt kept going down. And as my skirt got to about my thighs, I thought, this is an emergency. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fine, I'm trained for an emergency. So the first two people who make eye contact, I say, you, get help, you, come help me. <laughs> and I'm just like, stay calm, you've got this. And as my skirt continues to go down, the woman who's like five years older than me looks at me as she walks towards me with such disgust. You know, I'm standing there, I'm balancing, I'm holding the skirt and trying to pull it. And you know, I just think, there will never be this moment. I will never be this raw. Like I am hairless, I am titless, and now I am skirtless. <laughs> And as my skirt started slowly going down past my knees, and the woman finally is right in front of me, and I just look at her and I say, is it wrong that I want you to take a picture because nobody is going to do this? And again, she looks at me with such disgust. And at that point, I thought, own it. And I just thought, 
walked off the last two steps of the escalator. You see, it wasn't moving anymore because my skirt was jammed in it. So the woman just stared at me and I stared back and she offered no help. So she went back to the elevator and I kind of moved my bags to the side and I was like starting to panic and I could feel the tears coming. I'm like, you're fine, you're fine. And the tears and I was like, maybe I should sit down on my luggage. And then that felt really weird and I stood up. And finally the manager arrives and he turns the corner and he's like 22. I mean, he looks like he's first day manager on call duty and he looks like he's gonna be sick. And his face is red and because I've been crying and I see his face, I start laughing. And then I'm crying and I'm laughing and he's just like, and I have to tell him, don't worry, I'm not gonna sue you. Like if you knew how ridiculous this moment was right now, you would appreciate it so much more. And he just stood and stared at me. And I kind of like, it's fine, it's fine. And the handyman suddenly arrives and he looks at my skirt and he says, don't worry, ma'am, these escalators these days are so easy. I'll get your skirt. And all I could think was, that skirt was worth $55. And that triggers the manager and he says, don't worry, we'll pay for that. Do you like champagne? What kind of wine do you like? Can I send you something? And as he's going and just making me more nervous, and I look at the handyman, and I look at the manager, and I notice I have an overnight bag. And I say, I have pants. <laughs> and I reach down to grab the pants, and the manager's like, there's a bathroom over there. Like, kind of been hanging out in my underwear, I'm all right. So I put on my pants, and I just say, please check me in. Like, I haven't checked in, just check me in. And he's like, no problem, follow me, what's your name? And I say, my name's Stephanie Brown. I'm really sorry, I got a really great line on Priceline, a great price. And he's like, it's fine. And he takes me over to the VIP section and I'm like this. I'm like, I refuse to look and I feel like it was long enough away that people weren't whipping out their phones at that time, but I sure wasn't gonna stop to look around and see. And I just, you know, gave my information, and they handed me an envelope and asked if they could take my luggage up. And I was like, no thanks, I need to be alone. And I took my stuff and I took the elevator up to the 39th floor of the deluxe penthouse suites. And I was like, hey. I saw the king size bed and it was like, yes, comfort. And I jumped on there and I saw that envelope and I opened it up and there was $55 of petty cash. And I had this moment, I was like, ah, that's not right. I really paid $12.99 at Ross. And I felt like, I deserve it, it's fine. And I laid back and I looked over my feet and there was a wall of glass and looking out to Puget Sound in downtown Seattle. And I thought, I did not plan for this. And then I kind of gave myself a break and I thought, but you kind of owned it like a badass, so be proud of yourself. And I like to say that I went to sleep that night and I flew off to my next contract and that, that moment that I thought was so raw and so real and exposed was going to be my only moment. 
But the truth is, I would find out right away that those moments happened again and again. And I never knew when or why it would happen or what somebody would do or say. But one of the times was just a few days later when I was working and a little boy, he couldn't have been more than eight years old, he looked at me with my short hair and kind of gave me the once over. And super cute, he's just like, hey, are you a boy or are you a girl? And I thought, you know, and of course he's just being inquisitive and all, he's just trying to put what he's been taught together. And I told him I was a girl and of course I didn't take offense, but I walked away and, you know, I cried, and I thought, shit. You know, I had always been pretty self-confident. I had never questioned my femininity or how I viewed myself, and certainly having breasts does not define whether you're a female or not, and I knew that. But I didn't realize how bombarded you are with messages all day long, billboards and TV and magazines, and I just wasn't prepared for it. And one of the worst situations came a couple years later when I was flying through, I was ending a contract in Germany and what would be their TSA agent pulled me aside and just looked at me with this scowl. And she looked at me and she started rubbing my flat chest. And of course at the moment I handled it with humor because that's what I do. And I was like, breast cancer, my prosthetics are in my bag, you know? And she was having none of it. And she took me aside and she grabbed my pants open and looked down my pants and turned me around and grabbed my pants open. And as I walked away, you know, I was shaky and upset and so frustrated that these moments would happen, these moments with strangers or, or friends or, and you know, how did I give them the power to make me question my self-worth or my confidence or even my place in the world? And you know, these things would happen and they knock you down and, and for me, you know, you just go deep and figure out what the lesson is and build yourself back up and you keep trying to move forward. And that's what I've done, and I still, you know, occasionally have to do it. And although this Wednesday will be five-year cancerversary, so <laughs> five years for that damn mastectomy, and but five years of cancer-free. And even though it's been all this time, the truth is, it's only in the last nine months that I realize these moments or experiences are not my cancer story. They're my vulnerability story. And, you know, things were kind of stable and then my entire life shifted and it taught me, it's not cancer that creates self-doubt or fear. It could be the ending of a relationship. It could be changing career paths. It could be any medical, you know, issue. It could be great things like new activities, like storytelling. It could be yeah. new love. Yeah. Vulnerability creates rawness and openness, and if you can get through it, you almost always end up on a better side. There are still moments when I start to panic, 
and I freak out, and if I find myself teary, I literally stop and I think, Stephanie, there was one time you stood in a hotel lobby, and you were hairless, and you were titless, and you were skirtless, and you were a badass, so keep trying to do that, because life turned out pretty good. <laughs>